This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Thorne Dickerson here. Jeff Hathorne here. Nicholas Harry Callis is here as well. The first domino, I guess, has fell. Um, obviously, they uh, requested to conduct an interview with Zach Robinson, the past game coordinator uh, of the L.A. Rams. That hasn't taken place yet. Obviously, it was floated out there by Peter King that Cliff Kingsbury will eventually interview, if he doesn't take a job uh, probably today or tomorrow, will eventually interview with the Steelers for their offensive coordinator spot. But they did conduct an interview yesterday their first one Thomas Brown he was the he's a former excuse me offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers he's a McVay guy so he's a part of the McVay tree he also has interviewed for the Titans head coach spot which they obviously gave uh to Callahan Brian Callahan who was the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals uh he also interviewed for the offensive coordinator spot for the Bears who they gave to Shane Waldron um, so this guy has, you know, has made his rounds in the last couple of weeks, but he's the first domino to fall on this offensive coordinator spot. Um, he's been a college coach for, uh, you know, a couple of years and uh, basically a running back coach for a portion of his career. So, you know, is it, where are we at? How, how do we how are we feeling about the Thomas Brown potential uh, offensive coordinator? Yeah, he's 37. I mean, he, to your point, he's done most of his work in college. He, he started with the Rams. What a great place to be. How many different minds, how many different play, guys have gone on to bigger and better things, even if it's not head coaching, they've gone on to become coordinators. He coached the running backs, won a Super Bowl, uh, and he parlayed that into Carolina saying, okay, we want piece of that tree. And it was a disaster oh. in Carolina. I'm not saying that's all on him, but his only offensive coordinator experience with a quarterback who struggled – who needed some work, was an unmitigated disaster. Now, he wasn't the head coach. He was just coordinator. Uh, that concerns me. I, I think the Steelers are at a point where do you take a flyer on a guy that's coming off a bad year, and that's why 
God bless them and, and their local ties, why Getsy and Van Pelt would be off my list. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not I don't want to hire guys that have just failed right. recently. Doesn't mean they're not good guys, can't be good quarters. Thomas Brown might be the perfect guy to be the second in command. Would you – so, okay, I, I like you brought that up. So you, you wouldn't be in the business of hiring somebody that potentially had failed and it, that got fired, but that's an offensive coordinator. What if, if they were a head coach that just got fired and failed, but they were offensive mind like Arthur Smith, would you be on board with that? You know what's crazy about Arthur Smith? When you look at him, you think, okay, why do you want to hire some guy in his mid-50s? And he's 41. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he looks like he's in his mid-50s. He does, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like he looks – I was shocked because I'm like, okay, I, I got to find out some more information about Arthur Smith. I'm like, wait, he's only 41? Yeah. Like, he was my assistant tight ends coach in, when I was with Tennessee, and my tight ends coach was Mike Malarkey, and this was 2014 and 2015. He looks exactly the same <laughs> now as he did then. Wait, he looked that bad? I yeah, mean, he, he looked, looked, he looked like that. I shouldn't say bad. You no, know, no, he looked like that then. So, yeah, you're right. Like, you would think that Arthur Smith is like 57 years old, but he is not. He's not that old. Uh, you know, I, I – I, but his is a package deal, right? The Arthur Smith potential. Says who? Well, I mean. <laughs> and here's another thing that should be pointed out. You're going to hear a whole lot of names. You're going to hear a whole lot of potential. You're going to hear a whole lot of um, combinations. And, and how much of it is actually true? I mean, only they know, right? right? I mean, because agents want it out there that their guys are out there interviewing. Absolutely, absolutely. You're going to float um, and try to get the best possible situation. Do you think that the Steelers will go and say they conduct this? They did conduct this interview with Thomas Brown, but he's interviewing for the offensive coordinator job. But in the Steelers' mind, it's like, okay, like if this guy doesn't hit somewhere else, he's definitely going to be our quarterback coach, or he's definitely going to be our running back coach. Do you think that they've even? Do you think that I, I don't know if they want to show their hand, but you think that they've ever alluded to that maybe in an interview? Like, look, there's a spot for you somewhere here if it doesn't work out somewhere else. And I think that that's kind of how they look at Thomas Brown, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to be the next offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he has a lot to offer. Came from a, a, a tough situation, as you said. But I think that if you kind of wrap around when this cycle is done, you find your guy, you know, you're the pass game coordinator and the running back coach. Well, I'm going to take Tom at his word and what he said, and that. He he said he needed to sit back and listen to a whole lot of new ideas and that he was excited about this process because he wanted to hear what other people said about his offense and how they can make Kenny Pickett work and how they can take this thing to the next level. Well, if if that's the case, you bring in as many guys as you can. Yeah. Even ones that you know there's no chance you're going to hire. You bring them in and you talk to them. And I don't know where Thomas – I mean – and it could have the Tomlin effect where you brought somebody in, you think you've got your guy, and then this person just blows your doors off, and he becomes the guy. So for, for Thomas Brown, it's a, it's a great opportunity because he gets to talk to the Steelers, and he can put that on his resume. And if he needs leverage on some other opportunity that he's got, interviewing with the Steelers is still a big deal. It's uh, six It's 6.05. It's time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance Premiums, contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. Um, do you See, I, Jeff, I still think that the Steelers, um, during this process, I, I still think that they should have hired a, a, a person that had been around uh, offenses for a long time just for this process. Not saying that they needed to be, you know, a you know, senior consultant during the season, but I still think 
like even like Frank Reich, like who is probably going to sit back and chill out for a little bit because he's getting he's double dipping. He's getting paid from I think the Colts and the Panthers for a multiple years, so he's making a lot of money. I don't think he really wants to coach, um, but I would hire even John even John Gruden just to sit in on these meetings because I do you think that the Steelers Art the second and Mike Tomlin who are in these meetings in, in these interview meetings do you think they actually know what they want because if you have a guy that you can hire at the, that's a consultant that knows offense, that knows how to develop quarterbacks, that can be like, okay, like this guy said this, this guy said that, this is the route you want to go to kind of just be a part of those meetings. I think you have to put no stops to anything and have somebody in there to give you ideas for your interview process. Well, hopefully they do that beforehand. Hopefully they're sitting there with with bring Weidel into the picture and other guys just say, hey, what are some of the things? What do you know about these guys? And then the interview, you can't have 12 people in an interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to narrow that down. Whether it's just Mike one-on-one or if uh, Omar's in there and Art's in there, that's got to be the max. Mm-hmm. And, again, you can't have all those people. But beforehand, you can collaborate. You can look at ideas. Hey, hey here's some questions to ask. Here's something about this background, his background that doesn't seem right or that we should be concerned about. All of that, I, I believe, is going on. Um, but I think really – Here's the trick. They need to talk to as many people as they can, but they can't wait too long to pull the trigger because if someone is – if there's someone that they really want, I bet you other teams want them too. What if – so I'm going to play a little devil's advocate, but what if their guy that they really want is still coaching right now? Um, what if they're in the AFC or NFC championship Well, here's game? the thing. After this weekend – they could talk to them. Okay. Cause Are they allowed to? They're okay. allowed to talk okay. to coordinators. Okay. Especially during that time. Like, you could bring somebody in. I mean, on Monday, day after the AFC championship game is over, if you wanted to talk to whomever, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could bring them. If you wanted to talk to David Girardi, who's mm-hmm. the quarterback's coach at Kansas City. Or like T. Martin. Right. And let's say Kansas City wins, and you want to bring right. one okay. of those guys in. I think, or you could just go there. I mean, but I think that's absolutely doable because it's going to be a day off. Yeah, you're going to get ready for the Super Bowl, but it's two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, there is time. And and other guys have had those conversations before. If you're interested in somebody that's going to be playing in the Super Bowl, you can have those conversations next week. So you say that they have to do it in, you know, in a, in a, in a rapid – I mean, not, not push yourself. You don't yourself. want to rush it. But, don't want to rush it. But, but like, let's say Zach Robinson is a guy you really want. Yeah. If you wait – He's going to be gone. Right, right. So He's when, interviewing with everybody. When, when do you think that timeline needs to be? Like, when do you think the end date needs to be for they have to be like, okay, we've hired X? Well, you got to think by the Super Bowl, right? Right. I was, I was thinking that, yeah. Like two weeks. I mean, I know Senior Bowl kind of takes some of your time and, and things can be slow, but it's also an opportunity to meet people without having to officially meet people. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they might be down there either networking or working for somebody else or whatever it is. Um, but, again, I, I don't care how many people they talk to. I just don't want them to, to take so long that they miss out on their person. Um, and then you got to think, all right, Saints, Raiders, uh, Carolina, well, uh, char- Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, is Harbaugh going to keep Kellen Moore? If Kellen Moore becomes a free agent, right, then, boom. I mean, that there's another guy that, that see that. There's like the no fine brainer. line. There's the fine line too. Like it's like okay, like if, if 
if he does become, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna vault right up. He's gonna pass a lot of guys uh, to be the next guy. So and it's if, like, let's say Washington hires Belichick, and Belichick says, "I have no use for Eric Bieniemy." Well, then if you hired somebody already, you might be kicking yourself because now this guy's available. It, it is, it is, it it's a game, you know, and then and then you might interview a Thomas Brown and. All of a sudden, you think, "Wow, this is our guy." I right. really love everything that he's saying. I mean, that's kind of how Tomlin got his job, right? You know, right. that's how Tomlin. I mean, I think that they were kind of set on what was it, Wizard Hunt or Russ Grimm? Um, that's what the notion was, I believe. You know, thinking back in about 2006, that it was like, "Okay, it's going to be Russ Grimm or it's going to be Wizard Hunt." And then Tomlin came in. You know, he was what the defensive back coach at the time, or maybe D coordinator at the time. Uh, came in, and knocked their socks off, and they're like, "This is our guy." And everybody's like, "What? Huh?" And then now look, like that's how he started. So right, yeah. and and listen, you might sit down with with Alex Van Pelt and realize that man, he had some great ideas. Cleveland just didn't know what they were doing, or Stefanski was meddling too much, or whatever it was, and think that he's a lot better candidate. I, what we discussed last week, and I, I'm still strongly in, is that I think you're hiring two people. Yes, I'm with you. You're not just going for the offensive coordinator. You're you're interviewing for two jobs. One is the one everybody wants, is coordinator. And the other one is, all right, we didn't hire this guy, but we really want – we see you as part of the future. We want to make you pass game coordinator. And I wonder, though, is this where coaching tree becomes more than just talking points and people are like, yeah, but no one's really advanced from your system. Like, does that hurt you with younger guys? Whereas everyone on the Ram staff is interviewing everywhere. You know, and, and I would think that people on Dolphin staff, you know, some of these other staffs were, there are guys, Shanahan staff, they're interviewing everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I get stuck, and if I don't believe in Kenny, you know, am I going to get to Pittsburgh and it's going to be like what happened to Thomas Brown in Carolina? Right, right. That See, like that, there's a whole other side to it. You know, there's the side of, is this a, is this a profitable job in the way of success? Um, I don't know if it's going to be a profitable job in the way of fin- finance, but like you know, you know how the Steelers operate; they're not going to break the bank for somebody. You know, they're going to give you what they think is necessary. But is it a profitable job for your career to be the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers? We're going to talk a little bit about that next. Um, and also, Jeff said that there's one guy that he would not hire. Where yeah, I was like, well, really? Huh? Hmm. Give me your thoughts on that. And we're going to get his thoughts next. First. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing, Dickerson, Hathorne, Callis, 
here with you on the Fan Morning Show. Jeff, there's obviously two sides to this whole interview process. Um, you know, I don't think the Steelers need to be in business for somebody that is going to take any opportunity just because it's an opportunity. Um, I also do wonder if there are candidates out there that are just interviewing with the Steelers, like you said in the first segment, to build their resume for a better opportunity. Like, is this an, an attractive job if you're the offense if you're an offensive coordinator and you have to you know take on what the Steelers have on offense especially the quarterback position is this an attractive job or is this just a a stepping stone for a better job I mean you have you'd be crazy not to talk to the Steelers in my opinion and and I don't say that from regency bias I say that from listen you could put that if if you really want the job with with Harbaugh well hey I really want to work for you but I'm doing I'm talking to the Steelers, and that would that would perk somebody. Okay, I've got to make a move. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, and you can use them for the information, then it, it works both ways, right? Because if you're going to steal information from these guys in interviews with not really the thought process, you're going to hire them. Well, they can use you too mm-hmm. to just interview, and so some of that's going to be going on back and forth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I, I imagine, and you know, there are some names that I do think that the Steelers are going to interview that. Uh, I think we'll use that. And it's a fine line, honestly, because, you know, one, if I was, you know, a high candidate and I knew that I was getting a lot of calls and I knew that the Steelers knew that I was getting a lot of calls and I knew that I had to had a serious opportunity with the Steelers, like, I would want to know a lot as well. Like, I don't know how you would conduct yourself in an interview of almost kind of asking questions uh, to the Steelers, but I'd be like, okay, like, we have the 20th pick. Like, why are we thinking about taking quarterback? You know, are we uh, looking at – would we possibly be looking at a quarterback in free agency? Like, what am I working with here if I do uh, accept this job? Well, if I walk in that door and I'm an offensive coordinator, coordinator candidate with the Steelers, I want to know a couple of things. One, how much control do I have? Like, are you going to micromanage me? Are you going to tell me we can't have turnovers so I'm not allowed to throw it deep or right. I'm not allowed to open up the offense? Then I'm out the door. Um, what kind of – what kind of input do I have on personnel decisions? Namely, the quarterback. Is Kenny my guy? Mm-hmm. Or if I have somebody that I want to bring in that's a free agent, can I make – let's say they hire Daryl Bevel, who worked with Russell Wilson. Right, right. And he said, we're going to come. I'm going to get Wilson to come here. We, I've got this great idea. Is that off the table? Or is that something we can discuss? And then the other thing I want to know is, all right, Mike, not just the control, how comfortable are you – with something a lot more wide open than you've ever been a part of. And I, and I know they had some offenses that were, listen, when they had Roth, the killer bees, they were more wide open. So I don't want to paint Tomlin into a corner and say that he's completely against it. But are you okay if we're not ball control? If I use Jalen more than Najee? If I, you know, if I decide that Darnell Washington can't be a tight end for me? Like, these are some of the things that, that I need to know and – and Tomlin's got to be flexible, and he's got to be honest with these candidates. And I think he will be. Um, but that's what makes some of these – like you're going to ask me, and I'll just say it right now, I don't want K- Kingsbury. Right. I think Kingsbury's – I think he's a good coach. I think he knows offense. I mean, he coached Mahomes. In college, he coached Manziel before he became Texas Tech's coach. Like, he took uh, the Cardinals to the playoffs. He worked with a really – interesting quarterback and Kyler Murray and all the quirks that that you have to deal with with him 
and he made him successful for a little bit of time. I just don't see that as a marriage, and I don't see him coming and getting a hold of Kenny and that being a, a great fit for what he wants to do. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't Again, guy knows the system. I just don't think that's a fit here. Would I bring him in and ask him all these questions? Absolutely. I just don't see the fit. What about what about Eric Bieniemy? Is it because is his name not being you know talked about because he's under contract still with uh, Washington, or is he just not a, a hot commodity anymore? Like I think it's more the contract because uh-huh. if it if it wasn't for that, I think you'd see Bieniemy and Kellen Moore talking to all kinds of people. But Kellen Moore's still under contract with the Chargers, and Bieniemy still is with Washington. And who knows? Maybe they called and asked, and I guess you could make a. So what's the definition of a step up? Like, so it could be, it's not, you're not just interviewing to be coordinators. Does assistant head coach mean that now I could talk to this guy because it would be a a move up and it's not a lateral job? That's a good question. That is a good question. Probably. I would assume like I'm going to take, I'm, I'm speaking with a candidate or another team because I'm going, I'm getting promoted. But I Um, will say this chiefs offense, and I realized that, you know, they won their two playoff games. Good for them. Um, but the Chiefs offense is not the same without the enemy. No, not at all. And neither neither was the Bills offense with without um, Dable. You know, these guys and, you know, these quarterbacks. And I know obviously know that Matt Mahomes is Mahomes. He's going to figure it out. But it, they're, they're, you can draw from it that the enemy had a, a, a decent handprint on what they were trying to – or what they did in the past – and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that uh, he was trying to, uh, you know, implement that with Washington, but obviously Ron Rivera right. couldn't get it figured and out. And that's not to say, listen, Andy Reid's the guy; he's the mastermind; he's a play caller; he's a Hall of Famer, um, one of the best top five offensive minds in the game, if not higher than that. Uh, but I think Bieniemy had some some role in that. I I think he does. I mean, if you think everything falls down from McVay and 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 all these other coaches under McVay are, are all geniuses, well then. The enemy's got to be in that mix too. All right, Jeff. Okay, we, we you know we're we're obviously deciphering this, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about it as the show goes on. But right now, as we sit here, uh, who would be your guy, and who would be the guy underneath your guy? Say they got to pick two guys. Um, you could pick anybody right now. Who would be your two guys to really run this and reconstruct this offense that's out there? Daryl right Bevel's my guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's got experience. He's been around. He's been in different systems. Uh, he had. Strong run games with Seattle, and I think that fits what the Steelers are. I don't. I think if you bring a wide open offense, I just don't think it's going to work. I, for, for not just weather reasons, they. I don't think they have the right personnel. It's going to take some time. I. I think for what they have now, Bevel's. A, I mean, he's a Wisconsin guy. He understands. That's kind of where Tomlin wants to go with it. They don't have a dynamic quarterback or at least one that they know that's dynamic so far in his first couple of years in the league. uh, That's the guy to me. And then beyond that, like a a quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. Yeah. um, I mean, if somehow you could convince Zach Robinson to, to do that, but he wants to be coordinator. When that, that was his role with LA was quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. Yeah. And and then you steal somebody from a, from a tree somewhere. I mentioned David Girardi. Uh, he has a local tie because he he was a quarterback at Geneva College. Oh. But he's been he's a guy who's been looking to take the next step. He's been with Mahomes for his his whole run. Like that's a guy I think you could you could look at someone that's that's waiting for that next opportunity. 
Um, but Bevel to me makes all the sense in the world. See, I, you know, I, I would, I would obviously, at this point, I would wait and see what happens with Kellen Moore or Bienemy. I think Bienemy would be my number one because I think that he's stern. Um, from what I've heard, the reason why he isn't a head coach is because <clears throat> he's too stern in interviews and he's too forward. Uh, I think that's what the Steelers need. And they need somebody like that, and especially an offensive coordinator that has a strong mind, that isn't with the BS, uh, isn't going to take, you know, culture, offensive problems, and George Pickens, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, like none of that stuff would fly with Biennemi, and he has a, he has a good scheme that uh, he could put up, and I, I do think that they would fall in line with him. I think that he'd be the perfect candidate, candidate in my opinion. And then, I don't know, you know, somebody, like I said, if you wrap around and Thomas Brown hasn't gotten hired – for him to be, or maybe even a Getzy, like, or Getzy, yes, you know, he's looking for a second opportunity. He's worked with quarterbacks, yes, I and mean, that's what you need to have. Obviously, that person's probably going to be, if not by name, the quarterback coach. Um, he's going to be the de facto quarterback coach, whatever they call it. So it's got to be somebody that's worked with QBs, and obviously Luke was QBs, worked with QBs. That's um, that's an option as well, and that that that's another thing that attracts me about Bevels. Bevels, I mean, he started with Brett Favre, yes. And he's worked. He worked with Tua last year. Yes, and Russell, obviously. Yeah, and, I mean, he has been with some some big, <clears throat> excuse me, big name guys. What is it? There's something in this room. I know. That we're both I keep losing our I voice. Keep, I, keep, I, keep, I keep having to clear my throat. Maybe it's just too early. Uh, g- coming up next, somebody want to want is oh, going to be awarded uh, a title, and somebody isn't. Fan morning show Twitter poll. Brought to you by PJ Fitzpatrick Home Improvement. Trust PJ.com. All right, Jeff. From the pro football writers, they have voted. And Miles Garrett is the defensive player of the year. What the hell? Over TJ Watt. What the hell? How do you feel about that? I think you know by me saying what the hell. <laughs> how I feel about that. Like, come on. Like what 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 did Miles Garrett do this year that TJ didn't that could make them think that Miles Garrett is more worthy of that award. I mean, an award is a award. It is what it is. Like, okay, like, so be it. Like, I'm sure TJ's not too butthurt about it. But what did Miles Garrett do better than TJ this year? At the end of the day. Well, TJ had five more sacks. Okay. Two more tackles for loss. 26 more tackles. 15 more solo tackles. Six more quarterback hits. Five more passes defended. Had the, had the only interception between the two and had three more takeaways than Miles Garrett. So I don't know what's left that Garrett would have been better at. I'm not the best at math, but like I'm okay. Nothing is adding up right now. What's, what, what, what's adding now, up? Now, no Brown has ever won a PFWA award, Pro well, Football Association of America, or whatever it is. What, so, so, so is the, that is that what I mean, they're that, is that what they're doing? Like, hey, you know what? Cleveland had a great year. There is also the analytics, the rush rates, and oh all these God. things that oh that people are into. Oh my goodness, I'm starting to sweat. I I get the fact that there are there are analytical numbers that matter, and Miles Garrett's a hell of a player. We're talking about two A plus players. Yes, that you're you're picking one over the other. But all the numbers going in TJ's column, all of them. I can except see. that Cleveland had one more win in the regular season. Like, is, are that's you punishing literally them? 
That's literally it. That's the only, that's all I could think of. Or it's because Miles Garrett did it from uh, maybe multiple spots because he moved around a little bit because he's more versatile than and he's you know he's a you know a rush. Is there Watt fatigue? Not not just TJ. How can how can we sit here and say and 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 obviously we're you know trying we're playing like in hindsight and we're we're kind of predicting what they're thinking. But how could you be on the committee and say that it's not that say that it's something else besides the play on the field. Like, oh, well, the Browns had a good year where it's Miles Garrett's turn. Or, oh, you know what, TJ's what you know, TJ's been up for this too many times. We need to give it to somebody else. That's doing a disservice to the whole entire deal. Now I'm not talking I'm not here to talk down about the whole association that, that right. vote. I'm not I'm not trying to do that. But I am ser- seriously trying to figure out how they came to terms with Miles Garrett being being awarded this over TJ Watt whenever the numbers and that's what we all go off of is the numbers are better. I just, I, I can't I can't figure it out. I really right. can't. All of the things being equal, like is it arguable that I think Cleveland actually had there were better players around Miles Garrett than there were around TJ Watt. Is that arguable? That there are better players? There are better players on Cleveland's defense, meaning he had more help than what right. TJ had. Right. So I don't even think that argument. Yeah. You could say, oh, well, you know, he was the only one in a, on a bad defense. No. He was on a really good defense. Big part of it. But the other thing you could look at, if if you do your homework and you compare these two, like, what are the Steelers without TJ? That's exactly where I was going. When I think of MVP or player of the year, player of the year basically is the MVP of the year of your respective side of the ball, basically. He's the MVP of the defense, right? When I think of most valuable player, value, that means your value to your team and your value to your position. When TJ Watt is not playing for the Steelers, what is their record? Their record is like what? 1-11 one, one and 11 now. Because he didn't play in the playoff game, one and eleven. That right there should give him the award. That right there alone, in my opinion, because that's value. That's how valuable he is to the defense. And whenever he is out there, the value that he brings to the table, snap in and snap out, of having to really know where he's at, to block him, to put extra guys on him, to change the way that you run your offense. Because of a guy like that, because of his value, I know that Miles Garrett has a lot of value. I'm not oh. saying that he doesn't, but the 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 record of the Pittsburgh Steelers without T.J. Watt is really the moral of the story for me. Where he's the most valuable defensive player probably in the NFL and is in the NFL. Plus, the biggest stat at, when you're a rusher, whether you're defensive end or linebacker, whatever you call yourself, are sacks. Yes, and T.J. didn't just have one more or two more, or three more, or four. He had five more than Miles Garrett. And Miles didn't miss, like, four or five games. So here's the one big stat that they throw out there of why Garrett, because he is the only linebacker, only active player with 10 or more sacks in each of the last six seasons. I thought we are going off of this season. This is Defensive Player of the Year. Agreed. <laughs> but if you look at that, Watt missed seven games last year, Mm -hmm. or he would have a similar streak. Mm -hmm. And Watt also led the league in three of the last four years in sacks. 
One year he didn't. Mm-hmm. He was hurt. Right. So if you want to make this a, a, a longevity thing, well, he, Garrett doesn't win that either. I, I, I'm i not trying to make this Pittsburgh bias either, but this just seems off. And but, I, we, but I wonder, though, with the Watt uh, fatigue, his brother won it three times. TJ's won it once. Was there just a, hey, this uh, guy's been a really good player for a long time. He needs recognized or it's time for him instead of just looking at what this year was. I really hope not. I really hope that that wasn't the case. I really hope that that wasn't how they, they're, they're structured this, uh, you know, award. Like, like I said, TJ Watt, I think that we're going to think it's a way more bigger deal than he is. He so, does not care. So this award, by the way, has gone on, to, I think, since late 80s. Mm-hmm. There's Offensive Player of the Year, MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year. How many Steelers have won one of those awards? Just TJ? No. No, 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 no. Like three? TJ and James Harrison. That's okay. it. That's it? Never an MVP, never an offensive player, hmm. never... There might be a little deep-rooted... Uh, never Palomalu. Maybe a little deep-rooted uh, little notion here going on that uh, they... Uh, now, there have been some locals like Jason Taylor won it one year, uh-huh. deserving. Bob Sanders, the Erie guy, won it. Uh, Aaron Donald's won it twice. And offensively, Montana and uh, Marino have won it as local ties. But <laughs> only Harrison and Watt. That's that's very interesting. Like I said, I, I, I'm not trying to make it like a Pittsburgh bias, but the numbers don't add up. And if it is, you know, the, the notion around, uh, you know, fatigue, that is, that's a damn shame. And, and is it the end-all, be-all? Of course no, not. No, it's not. But, but I mean – we're gonna make, but a it big goes deal. into this. Why? Why are you trying to find a way? It's you know, whether it's Jordan or LeBron or whatever, you're trying to find yep. ways why somebody else should be the MVP. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's so ridiculous. Uh, coming up, there's somebody that is getting credit that I believe deserves all the credit and deserves to be where they're at right now. The fan hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service Pittsburgh's. Trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Jeff, there is a guy that has, I don't think he's conducted them yet, but is going to conduct two interviews for offensive coordinator spots. One is going to be with the Raiders. Not sure if he has done that yet. And the other is going to be with the Saints. And I firmly believe he deserves this opportunity. I really, really do. Mike Sullivan, who was obviously the interim OC for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is probably not going to be back next year. Um, he's interviewing, like I said, with two teams as uh, this process goes on now. Um, that job that he was tasked to do is insanely hard. It's insanely hard. You have a whole system in place. You're the quarterback coach. You're not responsible for... Um, actually constructing and projecting a game plan. Now you probably have a say-so and some certain different things, but you're more of the the quarterback's advisor, right? Then you get asked, and then your basically boss gets fired. Now you're the interim boss, and now you have to come up with game plans with another person. You have to put things together. You have to project and, and sequence and have the feel for calling plays and doing things. And you find success in doing that, and especially your first time out against the Cincinnati Bengals. If you're Mike Sullivan, you score or you um, you get the most yards in 
59 games. It's funny how 400 yards seems like 800. It seems like it seemed like it was 800 because you just haven't hadn't seen it in like 50 some games. That job that he did and he was somewhat successful at it. I it is an absolutely insanely tough job. Um and not only just doing it with a star quarterback. You did it with three quarterbacks. You know, one you know, one quarterback obviously got hurt who's your young guy. The other one the backup you just, you know, you had to put him in because he was the backup and you're paying him a lot of money. And then you go with the third guy and then you find success in him. I absolutely firmly want to give a lot of credit to Mike Sullivan, and he does deserve to be interviewing for an offensive coordinator job with other teams in the NFL. Well, both of them, you know, and it tells you what they think of Mike Sullivan that they they had him call plays while Faulkner was the was the OC. Well, he he took care of the OC duties, but we think so much of Faulkner that we want him to call the plays. Well, a he has experience in it, but b we we like him that much. And you pointed out three different quarterbacks. You can't really rip everything up. It's not like you can create your own system. You don't have an off season. You got a couple of days exactly. to get ready for an opponent, and there's no time in between there. And this offense has struggled. You got to try to put everything together. Okay, what what might work that we haven't used that we know the guys can do? I mean, there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, I think I think he did a good job. Uh, you're not you're not going to bring in a quality offensive coordinator. And say, listen, you got to have Mike Sullivan as your quarterbacks coach. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And, and I, I think... understand the separation. And I don't think it's. The, I'm not saying there's. Oh wow, they lost the greatest mind that they've had for for a decade. I don't believe that, but I think there is some credit that needs to be thrown his way for what they did in the last four games of three games of the season. I think they have a ton of respect for what he did, and they obviously have a ton of respect for him because they hired him in the first place. And I can see simultaneously of finding their new OC and knowing that they have to go in a different direction and amicably uh, – I can't say that word sometimes – amicably. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Nailed I actually did. Yeah. Nailed it. There we go. Amicably, uh, you know, parting ways – and seeing the writing on the wall on both sides, I can guarantee that Mike Tomlin and or Art the Second has made calls around the NFL and being like, "Look, this guy deserves an opportunity. You need to just take, uh, take, take a chance on just interviewing him and doing their due diligence because they do have a lot of respect for him." But they both, both the sides know that it's time to go in probably a different direction. So um, I, I definitely believe, and it's just a tough job. And I do believe that, uh, you know, Eddie Faulkner, whether it's, you know, if he gets an opportunity to interview for our OC job, don't know. Um, I think that he would be the one guy, uh, maybe, maybe Pat Meyer, that if they, when they do hire a new offense coordinator, that they would want back on their staff. Yeah, I think both those guys. I agree with you. I, I think Eddie did a nice job. Yeah. I mean, and and you, hear, you hear in the locker room from the guys, like, Eddie brings this energy, like the meetings were upbeat. We were on the same page. There was a lot more communication. Like, and that's accredited Eddie because he ran those meetings. So I, I think he was able to show that he's more than just a running running backs coach. And most guys don't get into that business to just be a specialty coach. They want to keep climbing. Eddie wants to keep climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, will that be – depends on who the offense coordinator is. And I think Pat Meyer, when when given what he had to work with, I think they did improve. We saw them improve in 2022. Now that group didn't get hurt, so that helps. Um, and I think last year you saw it. You saw Broderick Jones improve. I, I think you did see some things um, that make you feel better. And I don't think you can look at Dan Moore and say, "Well, Pat Meyer can't coach." The 50 minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years. 
in the South Hills. Uh, Jeff came in this morning and he was like, eh, you know, I'm a little lethargic today. I had a long day yesterday. I have a long day today. We all know Jeff. He just he's a workhorse and, you know, he's going to get tired at some point. But Jeff did have a twinkle in his eye whenever he was saying that. So I'm like, you're not that tired. There's something that happened that might have perked you up a little bit and got your got your engines going. And we're going to talk about that next. But first, fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy 2024. Starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com.